We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Jack Ramsey's Danny Morang, Brandon Sprague. I'd say it's another illustrious week, but uh, Portland Trailblazers have lost seven straight. <laughs> it's, it's, it's rough going. Uh, that's uh, they just lost by forty to Oklahoma yeah. City Thunder. Um, I've already had a, more than a few people like. Uh, I know you guys are taking time with your content because they're not very good. Uh, that's not the truth at all. Um, I I've been out. Like I, I wasn't at work for basically a week, so yeah. I wasn't doing podcasts at home either. I quite literally damn near tore my hamstring uh, at the Oregon USC game, and I'm um, mostly just getting through life on maracas. <laughs> so um, it wasn't a plan to take any kind of like scheduled break, but here we are. So yeah. I'm sitting here with my leg elevated in the stupidest, dumbest position known to man. So uh, that's where we are. Uh, all of Portland point guards and me all with <laughs> all on the injured reserve right now. Mm. Uh, and in a very, very dumb place, but we'll get dive into that in more. Mr. Sprague, how are you doing? I'm doing great, man. I'm, I'm just glad that you're not too heavily medicated so we can do a late podcast. This is late for me. This is basically midnight. This, yeah, this is my is midnight. Dumb late for you. And I, I just wanted to say uh, thank you for hanging with us, everybody. Uh, Danny basically has a condition uh, that if he exists, his body just doesn't function properly. You're not wrong. And so every year that he gets older, like something else goes, oh, we haven't messed up yet. Yeah, no. So, like, the hamstring's a new one. Uh, exactly. Like, the hamstring's like, hey, it's our turn. Yeah, it's like, this I didn't know what, wait, wait, how, how did I, how did I do this? So, um, yeah, super, super, super fun time. It's 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 really tough. Well, I I, I don't want to I don't want to dwell too much onto the health stuff. I think we got a lot of health stuff we got to get to with this team and kind of where they're at right now, Danny. Mm-hmm. We got some maybe positive news I think in this department coming tomorrow. But yes. I did want to open with kind of like a layup, easy, you know, your general thoughts. The remix, the Portland remix mm-hmm. exists now. Uh, the Rip City remix out here making their debut at the Child Center. Uh, I know they didn't win the game, but like we have a G League team and yep. it's here and it's in our backyard. Uh, I, I can't help but wonder how excited people in the franchise must have been to kind of watch that opening tip. And for everybody here in Portland that is looking for some diehard hoops and 
just looking for a chill night for a couple hours going to the Child Center. Uh, how exciting that was, I think, for the city of Portland. Yeah, I didn't get to go to opening night because it was obviously the Laker game. I know a bunch of y'all did. Yeah, some of you did the uh, 50-50 duty going for the remix and coming down to Moda. Uh, you're lunatics because I would never try to deal with parking <laughs> in that manner. Um, but I did go down for night two. Uh, vibes are immaculate, man. I- I'm really going to enjoy heading down there for games. Um, great layout. The court is beautiful. Have you seen the court? Yeah. I saw the court. Yeah, Dude, I saw it's, it on, on Twitter. It's so nice. It's like yeah. it's a a darker wood for the main court for those that haven't seen it, but not like too dark. It's just not like the bright white um, that you see in a lot it, of courts. It, it kind of reminded me of the old Boston parquet. There's a little bit of that color wise, but it's a it's, it's, it's like probably like two steps lighter. But then the paint goes super like like mahogany dark, and it's yeah. such a great contrast. It just it just looks really good. You, you forget, it's such a simple thing, but a good-looking basketball court adds to the aesthetic of the game so much. Like, it just, I don't know. It, it makes it more watchable, I, as, I as would it say, were. I would say, Danny, you're hitting on something because I, as much as I'm, like, giving it a shot, I, I think it's the one thing about the Cup games, personally, for me, it's like, we're doing too much here. We're trying way too hard. <laughs> but, it, 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 like, it, it's standing out. It's like, that's the whole point of it, is that... I know. You know, I feel like you could stand out in other ways instead of making the whole court like purple and red and blue. But uh, if that's the way people are going to memorize these cup games, then I, I guess so be it. We get one tomorrow against the Phoenix Suns. You get the, mm-hmm. the cup game. Um, but no, it's, as, it, as it pertains to the remix, um, very good time. Shout out Coach Jim Moran, Jimmy Mo, um, completely lost his voice opening night yelling at the referees and had to str- was struggling to uh, get it back uh, for night two. There was, there was one or two times where I saw he was about to light up another ref and he was like, don't have the voice for this. Just gonna sit this one out. <laughs> well, but I think I think Danny, for the people, you know, we have a lot of diehard basketball fans. We have basketball fans that know a ton about the sport yeah. and they follow each and everything. Just getting used to following the G League team at the it's, same time that you're following mm-hmm. the NBA team is very cool. in itself a new experience yep. for a lot of people. No, it, it is, and I, I think it's very cool. And I'm already seeing like a lot of people are very, very interested in the G League team. Like I, I have a genuine interest because it's it, it's as an incubator and just kind of like what they're going to do down there to kind of use for the main club because they're a young team. This is where you go and get those guys reps, and they've also they're going to use it as a spot to kind of ramp guys up. You know, if they come back from injury, if like if it's been an extended period of time and there's a gap in there. Let's go get him a game with the remix. Like just, just because mm-hmm. a lot of times you just can't practice anymore, and unfortunately, you know that's just the the way it is in the NBA nowadays. But I really like what they're doing down there. I'm really interested uh, in Ryan Repair. That's the, obviously the guy that I've got kind of singled out. Yeah. Like, okay, let's see what he can do. Um, he's already grown what, a little over an inch since the Blazers drafted him. Um, he's got kind of a big frame, and you're like, okay, let's let's see what he can do. Let's see how he handles the physicality. And it, honestly, since preseason until now, the growth that he's already shown is pretty extensive. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going. In, w- in what ways? In what ways? He was not like he got bumped and knocked around everywhere in in summer league and in training camp. He just was was not ready for any level of physicality in the G League. The one thing it, that it does do well is replicates the physicality of the NBA because you have dudes that are fighting for jobs. And when you have dudes right. that are fighting for jobs, they're going to knock the crap out of you. Like, that's just that's the, the way that's going to go. So um, his ability to adjust the physicality, I've been impressed with. 
Like that's a, yeah. that's that's a big thing. He's also gotten more comfortable in some of his decision making stuff. Like this isn't like earth shattering stuff. Like if you saw the, the the Twitter post I did of Shaden Sharp like finding his first skip pass out of the pick and roll this year. Like that's not earth shattering stuff, but it's like those are like the the markers that you look for for growth for a young team of like okay, they couldn't do X or they did X very poorly. Now it doesn't suck as much. Like, no. it's it's not like growing. It's like, oh my God, he's got the best handle in the world. No, you're just looking for like little markers of growth. And I think you've already seen that with Ryan. And that, that's the, the great thing about it is that in the past, only play he was, he was going to get those minutes was before games. When they run their three-on-threes before games. And on, it's, it's inexcusable that Portland didn't have a G League team before this. It's inexcusable. That, that's fun. It fundamentally is what it comes down to. Like, is it this? Is it this thing that kept them from winning a title? No, no. But if you're not exhausting those avenues, it's just, it's very dumb. Well, I, I would add to it too. I always thought, you know, personally, and I, I get not every city and every team that has a G League team. It's like right, literally down the freeway. Yeah. I always thought it was really stupid that they had the Idaho one, like back when they had the like Stampede 20, in 2011, 2012. Yeah. yeah, whatever that was. And like, I get it. Like, I always understood the the significance of a G League team for a franchise, right? But, oh, it's nine hours away. It's it's just like, yeah. at least here, like Heiken had noted this during the OKC blunder of, there was at one point the group of five on the court was oh, the yeah. same group that was on the G League team. And yeah. like, they Danny, started, started it, the night before. It's gotta be. It's gotta be really great. I think for a lot of people within the organization to be able to just kind of shuttle back and forth. At and any they given are. Moment. They're 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 shuttling all their two way guys, um, along with uh, Chris Murray and Ryan Repair, like the guys yeah. who just need some extra seasoning. I talked to Chris uh, after the game Saturday night, and you could just see like just a lot of the stuff drop away. Like he's frustrated because he's not shooting the ball. He's frustrated because he's not playing. Because the, the, I think the Blazers and him both thought he would go, come out here and not be a starter, but he would be like your 10th guy, right? Sure. And I don't think he's quite there because he's just not able to knock down shots yet. And if he's knocking down shots, this team is desperate for that. Uh, he would be he would be out there. Yeah. So, but he's playing with the remix and he's getting some run. He's keeping his mentals right. He's knocking some shots down. He's able to do some things that, you know, you can not do with the big club. And so he's be like that part of it allows him to kind of just like find something. And I, after the game, you know, he was like, I was like, this, this, is there something you can take from this? And he's like, yeah, it's knocking down shots, being on the ball. It's getting reps, just like being able to clear my mind um, to be able to figure some stuff out. And I, I mentioned it to him uh, after talking to Jabari Walker Friday night. Bari has over the last couple games kind of started to show more and more and more. Um, mm -hmm. when, when his shot starts falling, it's like, oh, that guy's good. Like that's a natural reaction. Like, right. it's like but you don't notice maybe the stuff behind the scenes, the rebounding and the, um, just playmaking these, like, yeah. just, uh, just like he had a nice, a nice little play again. They were getting smoked yep. by the thunder, but he had been a nice little play in the short roll where he found, I think it was Murray on the backside for a dunk. Um, but. I asked him, you know, what, what's what's kind of been your mindset when you're struggling shooting? Because he has put so much time into changing his shot, and he flat out said it's not ready yet. He goes, I, I still kind of fall back into some of my old tendencies. He goes, I, he told me, I think it'll take me through this year hmm. to fully have that shot dialed in. 
Like, so I don't deviate back to the old stuff. He's like, I'm trying to simplify it, keep it in tighter, be quicker with it, not hesitate. And I go, what, what's, what's the thing that's, that's helping you the most right now? And uh, he goes, there's something Scotty told me, Scott Brooks. He goes, just think of something happy before you check in. And he said it, it's just been so freeing for him. Like just the, he like, went chubs. He, he went, went chubs. He went, he went full chubs with him, man. <laughs> and he said it's been great for him. And I thought that was, I thought that was a really, really simple but insightful thing into the mind of a young player. Yeah. And it's like those are the kind of things that that happen in the G League at the back of the bench. Like when you're when you're struggling. Like if you're not in that front seven. If you're not in that front seven, right. it's just, you know, it's impressive. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I think that's the thing to hold on to is is the growth and development. You mentioned him there, Bari. I was I actually wrote his name down. I wanted to get to a segment on him. Um, the one thing we need to talk about, and I, I know it's for some people here in this city, for this fan base, it feels like a bit of a curse sometimes to bring it up. But, man, I, I know they're not good. I know they just lost by 40 points. But holy injuries, are they just banged yeah. up right now? Every guard that gets signed to this team seemingly gets an injury. Bouye being the latest one. Well, they they there they, was... they wrap uh, they wrap Skylar Mays up in bubble wrap and put him on a dolly. I, I mean, T- at taking this point, taking him in and out of the locker room. Yeah, like he's the Jokic. <laughs> he's the Jokic MVP. He's somewhere in the building. We don't know where, but we've kept him in a safe place. I, I think the important thing though for them, and this was nice news to hear, at least the chatter is that Malcolm is going to come back tomorrow. They play at Phoenix. You mentioned the cup game. Yeah. Uh, that is obviously what it's going to be. But just getting Malcolm Brogdon back, right? Because it's not – we don't need to go into the ins and outs of the last couple games. It's It's been rough sledding. There's, there's a lot I want to get to with some of the younger players. But getting Malcolm back, Danny, amongst all of these injuries, like Ant might still be three weeks away. Scoop might be three weeks away. We don't know that yet, but like that's what's looming with those guys. It's it's certainly nice. It was a nice surprise given the injury he had that Malcolm's only going to miss a couple games. But uh, you know, tea leaves indicate that like, hey, Malcolm maybe going to give it a go tomorrow and be back. Yeah. So, uh, yes, yesterday. Yeah, yesterday. God, my days are all blending together. I did Blazers remix Blazers three days in a row. And my, <laughs> my my brain is just like, uh, which day? Um. Malk went out and was going full full speed in pregame warm-ups. He went and played with the the young guys, the two ways and the G League guys. Um, he hit a stutter step, just and I, I, he will remain nameless. But he got absolutely broke off, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, Malk could go tonight if he wanted to." <laughs> <laughs> name, name. He he absolutely <laughs> just. Uh, I'll, I'll do this in, in honor of, of dirt. Uh, he got a fungus. Knee just, <laughs> oh, knee just oh, man. buckled Too out from under. Knee, look, he's, he's a USC guy. He like, he, but he got buckled and I went, Oh Jesus. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, scoot was going through, uh, uh, supply metric stuff, load, unload on both sides. Uh, yeah. Ant was doing stuff without his brace. Like they, uh, Ant was getting up shots. So nice. If I if, if I were a betting man, this is not yeah. like any inside information. Just watching their progression, I'd say Malk's probably ninety percent go tomorrow Tuesday. Okay. Um, I think there's a chance that they 
they maybe push him till Wednesday. Okay. But he looked like he he looked like he was ready to go. Um yeah. I'd say Scoot's probably seven nine days away. Really? It, yeah. Yeah. He okay. looked like I would say like in that range. Like maybe I don't know if he's gonna be in game shape. Maybe they limit him in minutes or something like that. Um, and then Ant, I would say he's. I still keep landing on like December fourteenth because they go they go on this long, like two long trips, and yeah. it's not. It's not entirely impossible. It's not that they've never done it, but typically when you return from injury, you don't do it on the road unless it's the very beginning of a road trip. So that's why if Malk's gonna go tomorrow or beginning of the road trip, like that's typically how they do it. Um, but this December 14th is when the Blazers come back. I want to say from like a five game trip. And so yeah. I, I just don't think that I, you typically don't see guys come back mid trip and it's not like they're fighting for, um, you know, positioning or anything along, along those lines right now. For sure. Um, but they do, they, they, they need health so bad. Uh, Chauncey pregame, Brandon, um, brought up, uh, and post game. They're just asking Shaden to do too much. They just are. And yeah. like we, the numbers bear it out. Um, I was looking through all of, all of the data. Like, I've I've seen some people say like, "Well, they need to run more scoot pick or uh, uh, Shaden pick and roll." No, they don't. <laughs> no, they don't. My man is my man can't handle anymore. <laughs> it's not it's not going well for him. Uh, it's the same with the with the handoffs and dribble handoffs and stuff like that. Like. They need to ease some burden off of him, and he should be thrilled to see Malcolm Brogdon come back because it's going to be there's there, the only player that no, it's not Shaden is the is the one who's going to benefit the most. I was going to say Da maybe, but it's it's Shaden because Shaden's going to now be a little, allowed to attack on the second side and go from there. It's that's yeah. just the reality. I think I think that's the thing too, Danny. Is like you know, honestly, as a you know, fans out there, I can't speak for everybody. I would imagine what happened yesterday was pretty hard for a lot of people to kind of like follow and watch. You lose at home to four mm-hmm. by 40. But I think obviously most people know the situation is this roster is not competing. Like that Oklahoma City roster is one of the best rosters in the Western Conference right now. Like they're, they're playing really, really good. They're so good. Dude. And they're confident. They're very yeah. confident. That's a group that like Shea gets that swagger three, too. State yeah. and is like, I'm about this MFR and yeah. like Shea is like, whoa. So, like they're taking that natural progressive step. I think a young team you'd yeah. like to see them do at this point. The thing about Malcolm though is, you mentioned it, and and it's funny because like we don't plan any show notes together. We just kind of mm-hmm. do the show. I have it on. Boy, how much does Malcolm benefit or how much does Shea benefit from Malcolm's return? And you yeah. said it right there. The guy is kind of being forced to play like three positions right now, yeah. given what's happening with this situation and the injuries. I think just for the fans' mental health, maybe Shaden's mental health. Oh, Shaden's mental health for sure. And the team's just well being. Too much. I mean, Dandy, they don't have anybody on this team right now outside of some two-way G League guys to help some of these guys out. So getting Malcolm back just in well, general. Skyler's like, full-time. Skyler's full-time, but it's like no, – I, I know. But, but, he, but, but I know what you're saying, but, like, Skyler's yeah. legit point guard. Like, he 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 sets the table, but because of his shooting limitations, they, they pack the paint. And I want to – I asked Chauncey about this, and he kind of gave me a, come on, you know better, pregame. Oh, he gave you one of those. No, not, not he didn't actually say it, but like the way that he phrased it. Yeah. And I I asked this question specifically because I wanted this answer. Because I've gotten so much of this from people lately. 
I don't think Chauncey is is the world's greatest coach. I also don't think he's a, a bad coach, and I think he's gotten significantly better this year. Okay. But there's been a lot of like, well, I don't care how many guys are out, they still need to run better offense. And so I asked Chauncey first about um, why they aren't able to, like why specifically aren't the Blazers able to capitalize off DHOs and handoffs better with Shaden considering he's now in motion, like Mm -hmm. as opposed to attacking a set defense. And he goes, it doesn't matter how much motion you really get in there. They're packing it so tight. There's just nowhere to go. It's, we can scheme away kind of all we want, but like, it's just not there. And I asked him, well, you know, you played on a team with the Pistons where teams packed the paint in, in that era. Like you do, guys weren't really worried about three point shooters for the most part. Right. Is there anything you can take from that? And he kind of hit me with a, you know, better, like, how do you get guys to open it up? Hit shots. Yeah. If they don't respect you, it does not matter. And that's what I kind of wanted to get across. And I, I was going to write about it, um, but I was going to wanted to see if Malcolm plays tomorrow night to use that as the example of like opening things up with a little bit of grabbing, sure. a little bit of shooting to use that as the, as the kind of the explainer for it. Um, but th- there's no amount of scheming. There's no amount of sets you can run where a team is sitting there looking, what are they, what are they at right now? Um, shooting. I, I know they're dead last, but they're I, pretty, they're pretty bottom barrel. Right oh, now it's bad, bad. Um, yeah. Let's see. Let me pull up all three. They're shooting 30.9% as a team from three. That is unbelievably awful. And it's not like they're like, oh, they can't shoot, so you know what they should do? They should get to the rim. They're second worst in the league at the rim at 59.9. And the difference between them at 29 and first. Okay, so they're under 60% rim finishing. League average is 65.7. Take a wild guess what the number one percentage is in the league. At finishing at the rim? Yeah. Who, not, not even which team, but like, again, league average is 65.7. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to say top in 70. The Lakers are finishing 73.6% of their shots at the rim. Wow. The Wizards are finishing 72.2, and the Bucks are finishing 70.9. Uh, five teams are finishing above 70%. Buddy. Do you know how bad that sounds when you say that out loud? Buddy. It's very bad. Uh, there is one thing Portland does extremely well. Extremely well. It is shoot the living hell out of a mi- of a long mid-range shot. They are number two in the NBA at 50%. 50%. However, they're 18th in the NBA in all, in all mid-range shots because they're short mid-range. They're shooting 38.4%. <laughs> okay, so riddle me this, Batman. <laughs> So here, hold on. They're 29th in the rim, yeah. 29th in short and mid, 28th in corner three, 30th in non-corner, 30th in all three points. <laughs> and they're, again, second in long mid. They will kill you from that free throw line extended. So let me just calculate. Yeah, okay. This match exactly what I feel like I've been watching the last couple games. I mean, this has been some of the worst. You mentioned it, though, and I, you kind of got my curiosity with it. A little X's and O's here. How are you parsing out what to take away from Chauncey versus what the situations are? And that's the, honestly the thing 
that I, I am taking away from Chauncey is I'm watching the film back and seeing all of the things that they're trying that aren't working. Like they, it, they're not just resting on their laurels. They're like, right. Empty corner, corner fill, stack screens, horn sets, run some floppy running back. cuts. like, uh, you know, we'll, we'll run some UCLA action. We'll, we're one Hawk. Like they'll run like chess two. like the, they'll run double drag 77 series. Like they're running so much stuff. And yeah. it's just like, screw it. Let's try this. Okay. Let's try this. Okay. Let's try this. And they are try. Honestly, some of the stuff that they're running out of on the, the sideline out of bounds. I mean, they, Josh Giddy might need to give the slob wizard uh, nickname up to Chauncey Billups because they're <laughs> running some really good stuff out of like they are like, they're getting good looks out of that. They're just not really hitting. What oh, is that a new development to you? Yeah, they, they, they've had stuff before, but they've been kind of inconsistent in what they've done. But also at the same time, like, they've also run some stuff, like, at end of game where they've been close where they're running or, like, uh, end of shot clock where they go into a post-up for Jeremy. And I'm like, what the hell are we doing? Right, right. I don't, like, part of it is, like, I get it. You're going to Jeremy in a mid-post post-up, even if it takes a while to develop because you're pretty certain you can get a decent shot out of it, whereas, like, you're not sure that, like every you see, oh, they're just gonna run Dame, you know, one one five pick and roll. It's like, yeah, you know why? Because they're really certain they're gonna get a really good look out of it. That's yeah. why. Right, right now, they don't have the ability to do that, and that's that's the thing. It's like, eh. but they're trying stuff. Ultimately, they're trying stuff. Uh, what do you make? You mentioned kind of what you're talking about here with some of the sets that they're choosing to run things that they're trying actions to get guys looks just to do anything to get a bucket. Uh, I know it's not necessarily his, his position, his strength. Curious what you make of DA like DA kind of getting over here in the trade. Yeah. And, 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 and I know like, I don't know what's realistic for everybody. I just know like I'm seeing the roster and I look at Jeremy and DA and I'm not expecting them to win games by any stretch, but He's also had some stinkers too, so I'm just kind of curious what you made of DA so far. So um, number one, DA is a lunatic, and I mean that in the the nicest way. Um, you, we all, if, if you grew up playing sports, we we all had that friend that just wasn't right in the head. Yes, that is DeAndre Ayton. Um, he will have his earbuds in in the locker room listen to whatever hip-hop song he's listening to, and he will sing it as loud as humanly possible, as if nobody else is in the room. Really? As violently off-key as possible. <laughs> and you just sit there and laugh. And you, yeah. he's like, he is, he's genuinely a big, goofy dude. He Like, n- nobody I've talked to has said anything about him being a bad guy or not being a worker or... Um, not buying in. And to be honest, I was genuinely surprised at how good his attitude has been considering like the stuff that I heard out of Phoenix and how unfortunate it has been with getting him the ball and getting him. Like if anybody has a right to be pissed at the start of this season, it's him. He has taken everything in stride. Like he, he could not have uh, higher praise of the guards of Scoot, of Malk, of Ant, of Shea, like building rapport and relationship. Like the guys love him. Yep. Like he's that guy that 
you just see him doing something stupid fun, like, and I mean, like, and you do that. You roll your eyes and you sigh, but you laugh because you don't, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And that has been really, really good to kind of see with DA. That's that. That's like he's not, he's not hating everything. You know he's not I mean? this frigid kind of cold robot that's no. like I have to win and dominate or I'm yeah, gonna be I, mad. I need to get my touches. Da, da, da. Like no, yeah. Um, they have been better about getting him the ball. Um, I asked Chauncey about it. Chauncey said that, uh, or I mentioned that you know they're 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 significantly more involved with getting him the ball in the first half, and then their guys are, are not doing a great job of getting him the ball in the second half, and they have to yeah. be better about that. Um, well, because you want to keep him engaged too, right? Yeah. Like you can't completely avoid him, and you need him on both ends of the court. No, and that's the thing is uh, you, you kind of want to take a look at, at that. And um, his steal percentage is the highest of his career right now. His block percentage is about where it was. Um, his rebound percentage—it's the highest defensive rebound percentage he's had of his career. Um, it's his highest offensive rebounding percentage of his career by a substantial margin, and that's not saying much because he's not a great offensive rebounder but he is a very 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 good defensive rebounder um but yeah it's it's you know it's a, it's a good place to see him but it's a it's a matter of finding spots for him and like i said with with shay he's the one who's gonna be the happiest to see malcolm back but having a functional point guard is going to be very helpful as far as opening up that pocket of the floor and that's the thing is <clears throat> defenses are collapsing so hard excuse me Oh, you're you're muted still. Try that again. There Defenses you <laughs> are collapsing so hard that there's no pocket to work with. Yeah, and that that has been a problem for them. Um, no matter what they run, the, the, there's three guys around Da, and Da doesn't have he doesn't have the worst hands. But if it's putting it down low, you're asking for for it to put him in, in a in a bad position. You put it up high, you see what happens. Yeah, it's a lob dunk. Like you, let let, let right. him go get it. For the love of God, stop throwing bounce passes at his knees. Put it up high. Learn how to throw a one-handed hook pass over the top. Yep. Because if you do, I don't know if you notice, DeAndre Ayton is seven foot tall, very long arms, and he's got great bounce. Throw it up. He'll go get it. Well, I think the other part of him, too, that I keep trying to retell myself if they're in moments like they were against Oklahoma City is... Him coming over here, and I'm I'm kind of with you. And look, you're you're in, you're in the scenes more than me. But like what you say, I love to hear, and kind of how I felt of just like he's kind of taking the season in stride. It seems like he took that Very trade much. as like yeah. a big a big kind of like reset. And also, I think the organization was probably behind the scenes like this isn't going to be the easiest thing in a win loss perspective. But and then you paint the picture. I can't help but wonder. How big it is to get him, Danny, engaged now, still caring and giving a damn, even though they're three and ten and lost seven straight, and and what that can mean for them in the future. It, again, it, we're not sitting here saying Da is Shaq and he's carrying you to a title, but like if certain guys, young players, end up popping, how massive it's going to be to have a starting center of that caliber who, like, when you were at your lowest rolled with it just fine but you, you start to show some things like i just think it's right now it feels really good in the attitude because i think what you mentioned from phoenix is what a lot of people kind of were, were wondering or thought uh based on the noise coming out of arizona about who he was or what he was about and 
yeah, he statistically has had some stinkers, but I, I just I can't help but imagine how big this is for the organization to have a guy who's bought in in this kind of season. Yeah, no, it's it's super interesting um, in that vein of like, okay, let's kind of see what this looks like. And I have been pleasantly surprised. I have been pleasantly surprised. And it's just in a season where you're going to have a lot of downs. Yeah. What did they project at win wise? You said it before the pod. What was it? Yeah, they're at sixteen wins, but that's because <laughs> they they were at twenty three. But getting the crab kicked out of you by forty, this the differential, the season, yeah, drops your diff so much. Some yeah. of the comments said said uh, it doesn't help. Aiton never rolls when Shea is running pick and roll and is getting doubled. Hmm. Just as, as a point of reference, um, yes, Shaden Sharp. Let me just go ahead and scroll down here. Uh, Shaden Sharp gets blitzed on pick and rolls the 76th or 72nd highest amount in other words he doesn't get doubled. doesn't happen very often so yeah. um and the reason deandre Ayton isn't doubling is he's or isn't rolling very hard is because there's four people between him and the rim yeah that's what we're talking about they're packing the paint so he's getting to that soft spot and he's getting that mid-range shot which by the way he's murdering okay? yes he's in the 99th percentile for bigs on mid-range attempts and he's in the 71st percentile on conversion rate. He's shooting 48% from the mid-range. On long mid-range shots, he's shooting 57%. Jeez. Take all of them you want, DA. Yeah. Take all of them you want. Like, do I want to see him dunk? Yes. Yes. But I'll say this. Number one, he's getting more putback and rebound putback dunks than this organization has had in 15 years. Well, I'm, I'm with you. I, I want to see that too, Danny. But like, aren't we're pretty conditioned as basketball fans at this point, like to not see that here? Yeah, like yeah. G- you give me a big with a little bit of range. You know, if you're in the mid range, you're a three point shooter. Like, I kind of get just as excited about that as I would be. Like, hey, how many dunks do you have? I know that's an easy hundred percent or ninety nine percent type shot, but like, if he's hitting them that effectively from the mid range, like to me, that's just as enticing as getting dunks. Like, that's a that's a it's a it's a well-rounded offensive player in some ways that way, and I also think he can help with spacing down the road once they get some of these guys back from their injuries. So, I'm with you. Like I'd always want to see a dunk, but when he's in the 99 percentile of this, I, I, that's great news to me. Our last big was I don't know where he was, but you know one it wasn't 99 percentile. Uh, Aiton and Sharp, by the way, both have 13 dunks. Same amount of dunks. Yes. The one thing that's interesting to me, and, and this kind of maybe goes to the schematics of what you're talking about, the lack of free throw shooting for DA so far this year, like he up until that Laker game, he had yeah. five free throws on the season. Okay, number one, he's, he's never been a guy who really generates free throws. That's that's a criticism for sure. Um, but they can't throw him the ball in the middle without having two or three guys on him. So he's just not getting enough looks to maybe even generate opportunities. He's not getting them, and when he does, like he just doesn't have the ability to like go anywhere with the ball. Yeah, just they're just in a bad spot, like as far as being able to do that stuff. It's they they need they need they need they need, they need Malcolm and Ant back so bad, so yeah. so bad, man. Are you expecting? Let me ask you this because Phoenix is maybe a different animal. Uh, Utah is a game coming up on their schedule after Phoenix that's winnable in my mind. Yeah, no, Utah is is, is a winnable game. I do I do think that. But Malcolm coming back though, like yes. just in what he creates, how he creates it, when he creates it, knowing to create it, like all of that stuff. 
it just kind of shows it. It, it, it it's seemingly profe- it it's will professional show guard play. Yeah, that's the thing. It's it's professional yeah. guard play. And like, I don't think Malik is going to come out there and like he's going to show you how to how to really run a team. He's going to get his, and he's going to get you know he's going to have eighteen five and five. He's going to have yeah. five boards, five assists. Yeah, he's not he's not Skyler where he's going to get you organized in here. I'm going to get exactly to spot A B C to do everything I need to do to set the defense up for you, sir, to get this shot. Malk's going to go, I got game. I'm going to hezzy hezzy tween tween. Then I'm going to take you off the screen, and then I'm going to read and take you exactly where I want to go. And I'm going to bend the defense with my own gravity. And then if you overhelp or if you commit, if you're in rotation, I'm going to make the right play. Two different kinds of point guard play. But because of Malcolm shooting, and now you have Shaden Sharp on the opposite side of the floor, there's space. Right. There's the clip that I can. It's hard to run this unless he's, you know, without having the, the example. But again, there's a play from Shaden Sharp against the Cleveland Cavaliers where they run a wing pick and roll with Shaden Sharp and DeAndre Ayton. Shaden goes and, and gets down the, the right slot, down the right-hand side of the lane, and as he does so, he clears the free throw line. And that's when you start you're, you're, you open your eyes. If you're on the right-hand side, you kind of look to the left opposite corner, and he sees Karis LeVert take one step too far. That is the difference in the NBA, one step. And as soon mm-hmm. as Karis takes a step too soon Shea rips an overhand pass one-handed over his head it's a little high to Jeremy but because Jeremy's a non-dip guy on a catch and shoot they get a decent look out of it okay if all of a sudden teams have to play one step closer to Shaden Sharp or one step closer to Malcolm Brogdon in doing that that allows that that accordion space to create in the middle of the lane to where you can, when you run pick and roll with DeAndre Ayton, you can now throw a pocket pass. Or if you continue to collapse on DeAndre Ayton on the weak side and tag the roller, now Shaden Sharp or Jeremy Grant are both open and you have to make a decision. Defender has to, has to X out to the corner or mm-hmm. rotate up to Shaden Sharp on the, on the near side. And now you've put them in rotation and the ball's popping around to guys who have the ability to knock down shots. Like, yeah. I, I cannot emphasize enough how much it matters to have shooting on the floor, but like processing type playmaking. Right. The ability to make. Shaden literally made his first skip pass out of a pick and roll for the first time in the 11th game of the season. That's of a his play. second year. <laughs> like, that's like, like, he's made skip passes before, but like, it, it doesn't happen. Malcolm Brogdon, if he sees that play, is just going to. He's going to make it. He's right. gonna make it more often than not, and like that that recognition because he's been in the league. And it's not, it's not a it's not a shot at Shea or Scoot or anybody. It's they have that that the requisite experience to do those things, and when they see it, you can go, oh, I get it. This 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 and this, but having them on the floor reverse those roles now, Shaden can operate with a little bit more spacing. It's like throwing the training wheels on the pick and roll. It's mm-hmm. Like you throw. You know, uh, uh, Przemski in in Golden State, like, oh, he looks really good. Like, put him on the floor, Steph Curry and and Clay Thompson. Yeah, your spacing's gonna look pretty bleeping good. Right. You have some room to operate. Right. So yeah, it's 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 like it's it's not rocket science, but it's also this thing. You you have to have this understanding of where things are and where things are going to 
know what they're trying to do and why it's not working at all right now. Okay, so this is okay. So I wanted to get to this, and it's kind of naturally leading into it. So this is the tough thing. Um, I know when they made the initial use of Nurkic trade, we had talked about just what the trade meant. Hey, you got DA, and like we had brought up this segment's going to be called One Tumani. I'm a big Tumani guy. I think you're a big Tumani yes. guy. I think everybody in Portland really is like watching this kid grow. And you can't have too many love. Well, yeah, too, you never have too many love. Uh, but like, <clears> I think people are watching him grow, Danny, and they can see like, hey man, there's something here, and clearly he's getting the minutes now. Is he shooting one Tumani threes though? Because he is 23 and a half percent right now, and this is the one area. And I, I get it. college is not the NBA. I, I know all that. Not all those percentages translate the exact same. I'm, I can't say I'm stunned because he's a second round player and it's his first year, but 23.5% is not necessarily the percentage I thought he would be shooting. Uh, some of these games, he looks hesitant to shoot. He doesn't want to shoot. He's not shooting very many. Uh, where are you at with Tamani Kamara right now? We know what he means defensively, we know what it means to have that kind of length and athleticism. Where are you at offensively where yesterday I'm telling my brother-in-law, I'm like, sometimes it feels like he's Tony Allen. We're playing four on five on offense and not, he's kind of just there, you you're know, not wrong. He's, he's, and this is, this is another side effect of, of, of the health and the, the lack of the yes. guard play and, and, and the lack of spacing, right? Yeah. You, Tamani's a cutter. Like he has a natural ability to cut. There is nowhere to cut. Right. There's no amount of screens you can run where he has to run through four guys to get to the rim because they're just like, nah, whatever. Um, Tamani's defense is unreal. I posted a minute and 45 clip of him against the Lakers wearing D'Angelo Russell like a cheap suit. I loved that clip, by the way. Loved it. He had D'Angelo Russell in hell. And I had Lakers fans like, D'Angelo Russell went five of ten and four of seven from three. And I'm like, go watch the game. Go watch those possessions specifically. So he hit two shots on Tamani with him guarding him. And both of them were, were screens where the Blazers dropped and Anthony Davis bear hugged Tamani. Like it was the only way he could get off Tamani's coverage. And yeah. just Tamani, I, I don't know if uh, if you noticed this, Brandon. The entire third quarter, Tamani picked up D full length of the court. Oh, I I it's Danny, it's to the point where it's impossible that I don't notice it. And now I go into the games and I say, who's premier guard wing guy that I can't wait to watch Tamani pick up? There's there's four or five times in the game against the Lakers where D'Angelo Russell gives up the ball and you could just see him say, just get the fuck off me. He It, it reminds, <laughs> can I tell you who it reminded me of? Yeah, go It on. reminded me of the famous like three second clip in the finals when LeBron looked over and saw Kawhi checking back in and mm -hmm. went like, damn it. Yeah. Like, I thought I was free from this guy. Yes. He's annoying. He's strong. Like it's tough. He's like, going to bump me. He's going to bang. He's, he's yes. going to be, he's going to be in my hip the entire time. And the thing is, is what's really impressive about Tumani is his ability to move while staying low. Plenty of guys can move, you know, being up high. He cuts off angles 45, 45, 45, 45. Like, if you think you're getting there, no, you're not. Right. No, you're not. Like, there's one possession where D'Angelo Russell tries to drive on him three different times and just got nothing. Now, OKC game went sideways as hell. There's a possession in the first quarter early on. 
where Shea has him ISO'd on the right wing. He tries to drive baseline to Monty goes, boop, slides over, cuts him off, bodies Shea up, chest to chest, and Shea kind of does like the face against the concrete. Like, oh, that's interesting. Pulls it back out, tries to drive again to get the middle. Tamani, boop, cuts him off again. Ball swings back around. Defense is in rotation. I think they, they ran a uh, pin down for Dort. Dort gets downhill. Tumani comes over, bother, bothers the shot. Dort misses. All in the span of like four seconds. And I went, yeah. oh, oh, that's impressive. But speaking of the offense, what did they open up the, off- this, the game with? The dunk on Chet with Tumani. A little bit of back cut action just because they overplayed early on. That's yeah. what he's he's got to be good there. His his effective field goal percentage is under forty two percent. It's it's pretty bad. Yeah, he's in it's, the third percentile. Like he, I was talking to a couple scouts uh, that were in town the last couple days, um, and I I said if he can average thirty five percent, you think that's either like yeah yeah if he can get there if he can be a thirty five percent three point shooter, he's gonna. Be I'd be good. ecstatic if he got a thirty five percent. Look. I, He's he's got some inconsistencies in his elbow and his arm, and you yeah. can see it um, when he doesn't rush and he doesn't. He needs to spend he needs to spend a summer with Phil Beckner. That's that's what he needs to do. <laughs> he needs to go have his shot built back up from scratch uh, and work with a guy who's who's been known to do it for a while now. Well, it's too bad he's not familiar with the Trailblazers organization that Phil mm, Beckner. Yeah. So <laughs> Ant, Ant needs to kind of uh, give him give him the business card and, and get Tumani down there because um, I don't think he's going to relinquish his starting spot because he he is the best uh, point of attack vendor that the Blazers have, and I don't I so, don't really think that's in disagreement from anyone in the organization like you hear the the veterans talk about him like he just he just gets it he just yeah. like he's he's kind of just built for that end yeah he he yeah. there's this is the thing that you've heard me say this a million times like defense is not just effort and intensity it's a skill downplay yeah, d- it's, it's a skill like some guys can just get buckets you can't just work to get buckets you can get better sure you, there's natural defensive skill. Tomani Kamara has natural defensive skill paired with natural physical abilities that he's put together. And that makes right. him a very good defender. I don't know if he's ever going to be like a, a first, second team all defense guy because I don't know if he's going to do enough of the the stuff that shows up, but he does have an incredible block percentage for a wing and he's got an above average steal percentage. So maybe if the minutes come up and you see the volume of steals, volume of block stuff that gets... You know, everyday writers excited about him. You might see him in an all-defensive team, but I think he's going to be a guy who's going to get a lot of recognition from his his peers and his coaches. I, I've always I've always kind of thought this, and this isn't a knock on guys that have made those teams. I think generally they they get it right. I think some of that recognition, that love, that re, you know, guys on different beats coming to Portland or watching the Blazers come to town. He gets those votes if this team starts popping with when these young players start growing and 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 showing that they can win, right? And not mm-hmm. the highest of levels, but once Portland becomes one of those feisty bubble slash lower playoff teams, that's when people start taking notice of, oh, it's not just these two or this guy or this. It's like, oh, there's other pieces, and I think Tamani steps up. I'll ask you quickly because I got one more final thing we we, we I want to uh, talk about you, you with you. Go, you want to go to bed. Well, I mean, I'm hoping to be in bed by 10 o'clock. I mean, this is already a 40-minute podcast. But I want to ask you, do you think, is is the Tamani thing, like, you're just, 
I think it's hard for for people, and I'll I'll put myself sometimes in this category. Admittedly, like I can be irrational in the moment, knowing I'm being irrational. Where where is our panic meter with Tamani's three point shooting? Just out of a for right now, should we be worried, or is no. this something that like give him a summer? Yeah, let's, let's see, see what it's like does. when let's, Ant gets back, etc. Yeah. Let's see what he does with the summer. Um, it's not good right now. Uh, I, I've mentioned it before. Let me pull up his uh, his time with Dayton last year. Uh, shot types, catch and shoot threes. Come on, blow up window. Do 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 do. All right, where are you at? Catch and shoot, catch and shoot three 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 three. Uh, let's see, he was twenty eight of seventy six for thirty six point eight percent. It's okay. Yeah. It's, it's okay. Like, <laughs> Great tone. It's it's okay. Like um he shot 35% on jump shot threes, 29 of 82. Huh. So like it's basically the same. Now yeah. there's not a ton of volume. Uh let's go back to 21-22 season. Uh he was 34% on jump shots and 33% on catch and shoot threes. So you're picking up what I'm putting down, 34, yeah. 35%. Like, let's see if he can get to that percentage in the NBA. Yeah. He gets to that percentage in the NBA, tighten things up ever so slightly, ever so slightly. We yeah. can, then he's like, because you can you can peak the slider to elite defender, and as long as you're just passable, the, the P.J. Tuckers of the world, Yep. Like as long as you're just passable or yeah. you're a good cutter or you're a good screener or your offensive rebounding, which, uh, by the way, I should pull that back up Tumani's offensive rebounding. Um, he's in the 98th percentile for wings. Yeah. So like they're getting value out of him as a rebounder, as a shot blocker, uh, as a, as a steals and deflection guy. Like if they get some spacing and he can work as a cutter, he can work as an off ball screener, like, like just kind of, tortures people because he's always in motion then also be a 36 percent corner catch and shoot three-point shooter corner all i'm asking for is corner three-point percentage not above the break yeah. like not, 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 you know none of that 36 percent for the corner that's below average like pr- pretty substantially but yeah. if you can get to that spot we'll take it yeah um their next seven games, six of the seven games, Danny, uh, they're at Phoenix tomorrow, and they're home for one, and then they're on the road for five. They're back uh-huh. home not till December 14th after uh-huh. that road trip. Uh-huh. This is what I was talking about. Like, they get a little bit of a break because of uh, – they get a four-day break because of Thanksgiving. Uh, they yep. play uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, then they get Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So, um, nice for them. And they get to spin it at home because they'll be – Wednesday is against Utah. It's just one in Phoenix. Right. So, um but they do have, again, that five-game trip. So total games, seven in seven games, you might see the full complement of the backcourt return. But also, you might see them lose seven straight games in the meantime. I mean, it's, it's one not in, an one in six. One in six is very likely. Well, okay, so but let, let me ask you. Um, I feel like this is an easy answer for me. Are you going to feel anything on November 26th? I'm going to watch the living hell out of that game. It's going to be fun. But are you going to feel anything? Yeah. And for those that are listening going, I, 
you, can you tell me what's on November 26th? The right? Blazers play the Bucks in Milwaukee. Yes. yes. And I feel like when he comes back, that's something. I feel like going to his new city, it's like you see him play against him, but like you don't feel it nearly what you feel if he comes back. I tell you what, the Blazers are going to feel it because they're just now well, starting to figure stuff out. Like it took them a little while. I, I know. Did I know. You, did you see what happened the other night? Yes. It's terrifying. <laughs> they're just now starting to figure it out now. We'll like see if they, 60 points combined. Uh, 67, I think is what it yeah. was. Uh, let's, <laughs> let's see if they uh, don't fire their coach uh, over the next couple of weeks and then kind of figure that out. Um, but they Me and Gundy have pegged him as the next David Blatt. David Blatt really? 2.0. Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> yeah. I've had that conversation as well. Uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah, firing Terry maybe is undoing. But we'll see where that goes. Um, but I, am I going to feel everything? No, because when he comes to Portland, I'm going to go, I'm gonna, I'll go talk to him. And it'll be weird as hell to see him physically in another jersey. I, I mean, I, I hate to say this because we're we're doing more of a Blazer centric pod. Sure. Although a lot of uh, people out there are willingly being Bucks fans this year. Oh, I, I'm unabashedly a Bucks fan. Like I, oh, I, me too, yeah. me too. Uh, but we're betting the over of his points total for that game specifically, Here? right? Like, no, on Sunday, November twenty sixth. Oh yeah, yeah, no, one hundred percent. Like he's got to be go. His goal has got to be in the locker room. Giannis, I'm yeah. going for 50 today. Like, give me the rock, man. They should probably just not bring Scoop back for that game. <laughs> Why, Danny? Full Why is that? Full disclosure. Like, don't do that to the kid. Hey, I watch National Geographic. I see the young lions sometimes go for the old vet lion, and the old I, lions just like not yet, youngster, no, not this, yet. This is this one's this is this is Simba, and what was what's the dad's name? I can never remember. Mufasa. 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 Yeah, yeah this is Ooh. Mufasa. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a Mufasa situation for sure. Oh yeah, so, Lillard. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um. But it's going to be a fun uh, trip. I, and speaking of, the game after that, the Trailblazers take on on a back-to-back at uh, the yeah. Pacers and the illustrious Caitlin Cooper. Um, I am efforting. Uh, we're, we'll have uh, C2 come on the show. She's killing it, by oh, the she, way. Yeah, no. If you're not subscribed to her Patreon, go subscribe. it Because even though she focuses on the Pacers, you will be, get smarter. You will get she smarter. She talks about other players. Yes. Um, but I want to have her come on and not just ahead of that game, but we're going to talk about player development and like, yeah. how – she has watched this Pacers team kind of take steps over the last couple of years. And <clears throat> specifically, I'm going to ask her about jump passing because Tyrese Halliburton is one of the best jump passers in the NBA. And Shaden Sharp can't pass from in the paint without making a jump pass. And why or why not? And, and kind of like what, what, what kind of comes out of that? It's going to be really interesting. So uh, we'll have her on relatively soon. Maybe as soon as tomorrow. Are you uh, are you at all – I'll get final thing for me here. Uh, are you worried at all, concerned about Shaden? I mean, I know he has the wrap no. on his hand. He's no, no, no. I'll, well. I'll tell you flat out. Um, he, yeah. he has told me bluntly that the thumb is not bothering him. Okay, good to hear. Like, hey, that's great news to hear, though. Uh, he is, to he hear. has told me that he doesn't even really feel it. He's just the, the only, he's still wearing the wrap precautionarily. I would expect it, honestly, to come off in the next game or two. I, cool. I don't. I don't think he's – he told me like it's just not bothering him. So, yeah. Um, it was – two weeks ago like he was like it really it was really hurting him uh yeah it, i feel like you could kind of tell it was yeah he kind of would do the like reach down and kind of like uh, like mm -hmm. um he had the same thing happen the ant did he got his thumb hooked and, and pulled it just didn't go all the way thankfully um, yeah but yeah it's he's, he said it, it wasn't bothering him anymore so um but he's he's just playing too many bleeping minutes yeah like it it's 
I, I'm they not, don't have anybody. No, have, and I, I'm not. I'm not mad at Chauncey for that. Like it's just. Like, yeah. It's just. He looks over there and goes. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> like, I. Everybody's mad. Oh, they're playing G League guys. It's like, well, you want. I, you play shade and less, you're losing games by fifty now. Yeah, like, yeah, no, I mean? it's like, 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 I, I kind of feel bad for Chauncey in this circumstance because they, uh, with the exception of the OKC game, they have been competitive. Yeah, like they're not good, but they've been competitive, and I think that's the most that you can ask for them at this stage. And if you're still holding out hope, God bless you, first of all, because you were a, a optimist that I, I can't fathom, um, but if you like, if you're still holding on to like, well, no, if they get healthy, they're going to be a, a t- don't. Don't. Please yeah. let please let go. It's not good for you. Just accept what it is. It's not good for you. It's it's okay. Yes. I, I think that's the important thing. But but sometimes like sometimes what I would say, if I was if I was like representing listeners or fans here for a second, I would say, please, Danny, just don't respond to me. Let me tweet what I want to tweet because I'm hurting right now. And I don't I don't need your vengeance of basketball fury. To rain down on me in the midst of my depression that is the Portland Trailblazers yeah. probably winning some 23 games this year. I don't need it. Just let me say what I want to say. And then the next day, we'll just move on and we'll act like I never tweeted you. Like, I think that's the message that I need to get I, out. I don't know if you've you. noticed. I've tried to be nice. I've, I, I I've, have noticed I've, this, actually. I have tried to be nice of like, buddy, I don't think that's the way to go about this. <laughs> I've just... I, I, I'm trying to allow that space. That's the to way exist. to do it. That's it. Don't don't be like, hey moron. <laughs> like just be like, I I would just say I don't agree with that yeah. assessment. I'm, you know? I'm trying. You know, I'm trying. Yeah, and that's all we can do, Jennifer. That's all we can do is exactly. we're trying. Yeah. So I, all that's right. all I got, man. Yeah. All right. Good show. Appreciate you. Uh, we'll be back to doing mostly scheduled um, pods. Um, as as often as we can like i said uh, hopefully i'll have caitlin i think i think we might be having caitlin tomorrow depending on how we can oh. figure things out uh scheduling wise and then we will have more and more guests as the season goes on because we're not covering all of these games just bluntly between the two of us <laughs> uh that's just not how this is gonna go uh casey holdall was gonna join us last week but because i was in so much pain i i told him no um so yeah. we'll have we'll have we'll honestly we'll probably have casey on the next road trip because it's such a long trip and they are gone sure. for forever. Um, uh, Travis Demers, uh, radio play by play vice homie, uh, is going to hop on the show. I'm also efforting uh, still the kids. Uh, I've, I've talked to the Blazers. We are going to get the kids soon. It's just a okay. matter of like structuring. Well, there's out. a long road trip coming up. Yes, there's a long homestand at the end of the month. That's so. exactly when we're looking yeah. at um, the remix. And it's particularly those guys going back and forth, basically like, every day has been difficult to get them on. Sure. Uh, it's actually easier to get them on the road because they're not really, they're using hotel rooms. Yeah. They're just chilling. So uh, we'll have those guys uh, here relatively soon. And then we'll have some more guests to just kind of talk the, the greater theory level of basketball stuff. So again, thank you all. We appreciate you like rate, view, subscribe, help us grow the show. Uh, shout out to everybody who helped us get uh, the 1080 account over a, a thousand subscribers on YouTube already. Yay. That was quick. That took thank us two weeks. Thank you very much. <laughs> so that was, that was, that was very quick. I appreciate you all uh, as a social media director for the, for the station. Uh, <laughs> it made it very easy for me for, uh, I showed our bosses. See, 
we, I told you people we like did it. We, it wouldn't take us very long and we were there. Um, so thank you. Uh, I appreciate it. Uh, like rate review, subscribe, help us grow the show, uh, both here on YouTube and on the podcast, wherever you get the podcast, if you feel like leaving us review, we very greatly appreciate it. Uh, you can find us on social media at Jack Ramsey's at Danny Brang at Brandis break, email the show is Jack Ramsey's at gmail.com. I've been very terrible in the last two weeks about checking the Jack Ramsey's email account. I'm sorry. Uh, I will get them and I will get more of them. Uh, yeah. By the way, real quick on that, like any questions you guys have, if you just you don't not feeling like getting on Twitter or whatever, like feel free to shoot questions or thoughts at jackramseys at gmail.com. Yeah. Like I think that's a great place. Uh it's a safe space. And uh, I'll make sure to parse it out and make sure Danny isn't yelling at everybody. There you go. Yeah. Uh and as Lesser points out, thank you to Move Insoles. Um we actually might have some stuff coming up here with with uh with Move Insoles coming up. Oh, mm, well. Some, some. Uh, everybody have a wonderful, wonderful night. Um, Brandon, um, is there anything you want to say about uh, anything coming up Friday? Uh, you know what? Go Beavs. I'm babe. And we're going to leave it all on the field because uh, we have no other choice. And I hope the Ducks don't win by four touchdowns. <laughs> all right. Thank you all. We appreciate you. Have a wonderful, wonderful night. Take care. I know it's late. Uh, we'll catch you on the next one. Uh, take care. Mm, bye.